Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with the season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hi, and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. And I'm Caitlin Durante. And this is our podcast about the representation of women in famous movies. Wow. There here we are for episode what is it? Eight 1 million. million. 1 million. There's still there's still so it's it is crazy to me we the show has been happening for 3 years and we're still like not even remotely through influential movies. There's so many left. I'm surprised it took us this long to get to this one today. I think this is the first time that we're covering a Cameron Crowe joint. I, I would so. say mercifully. <laughs> we held out as long as humanly possible, but sure. It's time to take a long hard look at the scourge of Crowe. Yeah. Cuz what oh, he's got Jerry Maguire. Yeah, what I else? haven't seen it. Almost Ugh. famous. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> I, right? Aloha offensive. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Town. Not offensive oh. in the same way as Aloha, but like offensively boring. Oh, sure. And we've got um, the Manic Pixie. We've got, yeah, thing. Origins. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, the Bechtel cast <laughs> is a feminist movie podcast. We use the uh, Bechtel test, sometimes called the Bechtel Wallace test, to, as a jumping off point for a discussion which is a media metric invented by cartoonist Alison Bechtel that requires uh, that a movie have two female-identifying characters with names that talk to each other about something other than a man. Can Cameron Crowe do it? I don't we'll think he has find ever out. done it. I don't think he's ever Probably done it. Probably not. I don't think he's ever done it. Ugh, you know, I, I think that Cameron Crowe, I, I really, like, watching, we're doing Fast Times at Ridgemont High today. Yeah. I really didn't realize the amount that I find Cameron Crowe's work to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I His would, capacity I for annoying me in different ways. 
knows no bounds. Sure. Let's talk about it. We have two guests today. We do. We do indeed. We we mustn't delay. Uh, They are comedians and hosts of Mall Talk podcast. One of my faves. Paige Weldon and Emily Faye. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Hey, anytime. I am realizing right now, I'm really bad at knowing uh, who made a movie, who the director is. And I feel like I didn't realize that Cameron Crowe did all those other movies. Oh, sure. I was like, whoa, what a career. <laughs> what a legacy. So, the legacy that Cameron Crowe leaves is immeasurable. It truly is. And we'll talk about this. But so Cameron Crowe wrote the screenplay and then also wrote the book that this is adapted from. Uh, right. Amy Heckerling directed the film and we'll, we'll talk great. Mm-hmm. i yeah. found out that amy heckerling was my age when she directed this movie and it made oh, me feel wow. like shit made yeah. me feel bad yeah but good for her good, <laughs> good for her uh but it made me feel like shit sure yeah so let's talk about your your relationship in, in history with the movie uh page we'll start with you um, I had never seen it before. I have seen Almost Famous. I have seen Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the 14 people that saw Aloha? You know, I saw it as a goof at that $2 theater at Hi- and Hi- and oh, Highland that's Park. A good one, yeah. And it was so, it was like bad in ways I had not expected. <laughs> it was like I was confused during it. I like didn't know what was happening. I had never seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I feel like it is a classic that just... I skipped for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and Emily suggested it as a very, like, mall movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it a couple weeks ago for the very first time. Okay. Wow. Well, so, Emily, that brings us to you. Yes. Yeah. It is a very um, mall movie. I saw it when I was, like, younger. I think probably, like, twice. Like, once when I was, like, younger, younger, once as, like, a teenager. I could be absolutely wrong about this. But I, I could be mixing it up with something else. I have the memory that maybe my mom recommended I watch it. Ooh, <laughs> Potentially is like a like maybe remembered it as like one of those like classic 80s movies. Right. And not, you know. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I could also be wrong on that. But <laughs> I really liked it and then I hadn't seen it in years and I rewatched it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I re- had remembered so little about it. <laughs> It's a wild watch. Yeah. I had seen it at least once, I think once before, probably in college, because I was like, oh, you know, it's one of those iconic movies that, you know, I have to see. Didn't remember a single thing from it except for like Jeff Spicoli being like a stoner surfer dude. Like that was the one thing, the one aspect of it that I remembered and nothing else at all registered in my memory. So when I watched it again, a couple of days ago, I was just like, oh, wait, Jennifer Jason Leigh is in this? Judge right. Reinhold yeah. is in this? Like, Judge Reinhold is extremely in this. He, he couldn't be more time. in this. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, didn't remember like what the story was. I didn't know uh, Forrest Whitaker was in this movie. Right? Yeah. Nick didn't Cage, realize? who is credited yeah. as Nic- Nicholas Coppola. Before he was like, oh, wait, nepotism may be a bad look for me. Right. <laughs> Cage it is. Oopsie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't have a, a long history with this at all, but yeah, that, yeah, there it is. I hadn't seen it either. I just don't, as as 
if, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I just don't like movie, most movies released in the 1980s. It's a time and culture that I find very weird. Oh, it's and pretty toxic. And, and annoying. That and like the early 2000s are like two times <laughs> that you're just like, oh, yeah, there's a very Republican presidency going on right now. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Now I can't say that anymore. And that's my history with the movie. True. <laughs> I did wish I had seen it when I was younger because I felt like I kept watching it and being like, honey, no. There- <laughs> Don't. I mean, yeah, I want to say up yeah. top, I do like this movie. I think yeah. it's a good movie. And I don't like most 80s movies. I don't like John Hughes movies. Ooh, but this one rough. feels different in a way that I think it, I kind of think it holds up, honestly. I think there's parts of it that Some parts- definitely did do yeah and then others really don't um and we'll talk all about them but i mean if you're comparing this movie to other like comparable mainstream 80s teen comedies uh i would say the most notable of those are things like revenge of the nerds 16 candles breakfast club porkies like are so flagrantly problematic and toxic and horrible that fast times at ridgemont high does feel a little bit more progressive but there are still it felt like realer which makes sense yeah because it's like based on cameron like the but the backstory is that cameron crow went yeah. back undercover yeah. <laughs> that was very like, questionable never been kissed is actually based yeah. on his experiences going on <laughs> cameron crow's a weird man he's a weird man but i guess he was young enough he was like in his early 20s and he went to high school and he wrote about the i think it was in Santa something. It's, uh, San Diego, Claremont, right? San Diego. Okay, San Diego. Claremont High in San Diego. He, yeah, he went undercover with it, like in participation with the school's administration. Like they know what they knew what was happening. Uh, he went undercover originally with the intention of writing like a nonfiction book, but then it turned and then he turned it into a novel as he was never been kissing uh, right. in in San Diego. Uh, and then that book was published in 81, and then the film adaptation came out in 82. Yeah, because it was, like, bought as a movie before the book even, like, came out. Cameron oh, Crowe okay. was a hot property at this at this time. Because he was, like, he started writing for Rolling Stone when he was 16. Oh. And that's what Almost Famous is about. Uh-huh. And there's, I don't know, he was, like, a, a little young writer prodigy um, that everyone was really excited about. And then Elizabeth Town came out. And that's just sort of oh, the, yeah. the story of his life. I forgot sure. to say I hate Elizabeth Town. Oh my god! But I've never. I seen actually it. really loved Almost Famous growing up, and now Same. the way you guys are talking about it, I'm like, I yeah, know. I haven't seen it in years, but I really liked it. <laughs> I think <laughs> most people do. I just find it. I, I just really, I'm like, who cares? I really liked it, and then I don't. I don't. I don't know what changed in me, <laughs> but yeah. I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it now. I also didn't. Know, Cameron Crowe also wrote and directed Say Anything. Which I have not seen. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, that's anymore. that's yeah. one we must cover at some point. I know point. that's like on the must. He's yeah. He's where isn't he? But there, I do like it, it. It feels like this movie is like written. It feels more authentic than other '80s high school movies. Which like yeah, because it's based on at least some right. kernels of stuff that he witnessed. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was like, I don't know. I mean, there. <laughs> It's it's it, there's there's a lot going on. Should we should we talk about it? Yeah, let's dive into the recap. All right. Uh, so we meet some 
teens who <laughs> have jobs at the Ridgemont Mall. Oh, I should also say I think part of the other reason I watched it the first time when I was younger is because the exterior of the mall is my childhood mall. No oh, way. That's not the interior, but the exterior shots are the Santa Monica place. No So way. that was big to me. Okay. Having your mall <laughs> featured in a prominent movie is yeah. a moment. That's I'm thrilled for you. That's really exciting. It is so weird how many movies they shoot the exterior mall is yeah. different from the interior mall. Mm-hmm. Now, are any of the malls, the Glendale Galleria, our, our favorite mall on the wow. Bechdel cast, of course. <laughs> is, well, no, it's the Americana. Well, okay. I'm, no, I, you know, the Americana the is a pretentious elitist mm-hmm. shithole. It's outside. <laughs> and, ugh, but it's outside. It's, they're, I the Dunkin' think, Donuts is I mean you you're the yeah mall we like both we think we're they fully are, in favor of right they are yeah. a beautiful partnership a yes. symbiotic relationship one of the many mm-hmm. things I love about sure. Malt Talk is um, they don't choose between the American <laughs> and the Gallery they're one we don't and compare uh, beautiful women we uh, <laughs> beautiful powerful women don't need to be compared. <laughs> They're neighbors yeah. and, and that's sisters. See, I, I'm yeah. a diehard Glendale Galleria stan. They have a Dunkin' Donuts don't. and we can't take that away. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so the mall is where they work. Uh, and we meet Mark Ratner, a.k.a. Rat. He works at the movie theater. His pal, Mike Damone, scalps concert tickets for a living. <laughs> um, across the way, Stacy, uh, that's Jennifer Jason Lee. And her friend Linda, Phoebe Cates, work at a pizza place. We see Stacy gets hit on by an older guy. She tells him that she is 19. We find out that she's actually 15. He's 26. They exchange numbers. Oh, no. Uh-oh. That was a honey no moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we meet Brad, Judge Reinhold's character. He works at a burger joint. And then we meet Jeff Spicoli. Sean Penn, of course, and he is a stoner surfer dude who just kind of hangs around and he seems to not wear a shirt very often. Classic San Diego. Right. (laughs) And then we cut to Ridgemont High, where there are fast times. Um, Brad seems kind of like a big man on campus. He's got a cool car. Spicoli is stoned and he's late to U.S. history class with Mr. Hand, who gives him a hard time. Then we cut to Was lunch. Mr. Hand or Mr. Ham? I think Mr. Hand. Hand. Wow. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cracks are starting to show. <laughs> it kind of made me wonder if his name, his that character, like the real person, it has a name that like is similar or something and he just changed it (laughs) yeah like he just was lazy about changing it Uh to something could be (laughs) then we see stacy and linda at lunch they're talking about sex uh linda is more sexually experienced than stacy she's also a senior stacy is an incoming freshman linda's a senior i believe mike is a senior whereas mark ratner is also a freshman yeah right and i do like the like when to a two-year age difference feels like gigantic yeah. and like have seeing that is always i love fun. the phoebe kate's character because it's so she's so absurd it's like she's yes yeah, she seems more experienced <laughs> sure but she's like the 
that is such a real person who's just like lying about yeah. all their like oh totally 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 I know how to I know how to yeah, get a really good blowjob yeah 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 mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely have a fiance uh, but he just lives somewhere else yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so I know everything and I'm gonna teach you I was shocked that there was confirmation in story that her I thought the twist was gonna be that her boyfriend wasn't real because like she's I feel like it's set up like he might not she's right. like well yeah he's not around he's older blah 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 and then he sends her a letter at the end I'm like how See, old is he I well that I feel day. like it's so clear that it's like is, this is man she that she it? thinks is like this thing to her and he's on like yeah, and she's just like, so dumb in her own way, like about it. It's sadder than if he was. Yeah. See, I think she wrote that letter oh. as part of her ruse. The ruse. I like it. Mm. She's a scammer. She's a scam goddess. I, I like. There's like those little moments too where she, like they're talking about like, oh, do you come every time you have sex? And she's yeah. like, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, oh, you're 17. Like. Uh-huh. You're, Oh, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, meanwhile, Rat is developing a crush on Stacy. They have biology class together, and but Stacy goes on a date with that twenty-six-year-old guy. They have sex, aka a statutory rape happens, uh, and yeah. the, which is like very much written like kind of eighties style dodge, where he's like. You're, You're actually 19, 19, right? And she's like, uh-huh. And we're like, oh, no. I have so questions bad. about that part, too, which is, yeah. if he's 26, why doesn't he have a home they can go to? <laughs> Where is that, that environment is great point. that they have sex was, in? I was so overwhelmed by the rape that I didn't even, I was like, oh, yeah, he doesn't live what is yeah. he like and like what is that space? maybe he's like married or something where oh god maybe yeah that entire i mean that's like one of the worst like right because yeah. they go to like a baseball dugout mm-hmm. yeah and it's a wild like that's in the pretty much the beginning of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. so it's very very jarring yeah oh yeah yeah and the movie doesn't seem to think that much of it it's like one of those very yeah. weird like culturally dissonant like oh this was not a big deal right yeah. like it happens yeah you know? yikes yeah. um he sends her flowers after this but then he never calls her again she never hears from him after that meanwhile uh we get this reveal that stacy and brad are brother and sister oh, yeah. oh my goodness yeah. brad he's having a tough time he gets <laughs> fired from his job and then his girlfriend who he was intending to break up with breaks up with him first citing the exact same reason that he was going to use mm. then rat asks stacy out and they go out to dinner she takes him back to her house uh, they start kissing and she tries to take things a little further but he is visibly not comfortable with going any further so he makes an excuse and leaves he's not like the other boys he's not he's nice yeah. whoa yeah. nice boy <laughs> Nice boy named Rat. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about him <laughs> in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we see Spicoli's getting in trouble at school. He's dreaming about being a surf champion. <laughs> He's driving Forrest Whitaker's car around. And He's like the big football star at yes. school. And his uh, car is a big deal. His him. car's a big deal, uh, but Spicoli crashes it. And in order to like make it so he doesn't get in trouble he makes it seem like the rival school that they're about to have a big football game with uh like messed up forrest whitaker's car right before the big game (laughs) meanwhile stacy isn't sure if rat likes her but then he and his friend mike come over for a swim uh linda is also there judge reinhold jerks off to her in the bathroom 
we'll talk about that whole and scene. And I feel like the scene that people remember from this movie. Probably, I, yeah. yeah. I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen that scene before, and I didn't even know what this movie was Same. about. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Stacy starts to develop a crush on Mike. He comes over to her place. They start kissing. They have sex. And then he comes really fast and then very abruptly leaves. Then later at school, he blows Stacy off. And then sometime later after that, she tells him that she is pregnant, pregnant. Uh, <laughs> she has already arranged to have an abortion, but she wants him to pay for half of it and give her a ride to the clinic, which he agrees to. But then when the day actually rolls around, he is nowhere to be found. So instead, she gets a ride from her brother, Brad. Uh, she's like, drop me off at the bowling alley. I'm going bowling. Um, but then he sees her like run across the street to the clinic. Uh, so he picks her up from the clinic and he agrees to keep her secret. He's like, you don't bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that was his rationale behind calling her bluff. Right. <laughs> and then Linda finds out what a, a shithead Mike was to Stacy. So she sticks up for her friend, takes revenge on him by spray painting prick on his car and his locker. And then Rat confronts Mike about uh, being shitty and like getting with Stacy behind his back. Uh, then the kids go to prom. I mean, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. It's a movie about teens. <laughs> We're going to prom. Uh-huh. Uh, I like that hates prom scenes. I do hate prom scenes, but I, I like that this one, this one wasn't made that big of a deal of. Mm-mm. It wasn't like just everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. we're all gearing up for prom. Yeah, it's just, you know, slice of life moment in their lives. Just some teens dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just a place for everyone to be. Yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> and then Mike and Stacy reconnect at the mall. Uh, there's a scene at the end when Brad is working at a convenience store uh, where he <laughs> stops a robbery. <laughs> so ra- it's Rat and Stacy reconnect at the mall. Oh, what did I say? Oh, yeah, sorry. So uh, Rat and Stacy reconnect, and then the scene with the robbery. Spicoli like distracts the robber, <laughs> and then Brad saves the day. And... Which is a very I had to like double check to be like, did the movie just end? That was, <laughs> yeah. but that's where it ends. That's where it ends. We get all these like the title cards of like, and then here's what they got up to after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. big um, '80s movie thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I kind of appreciate it. I I want to know what happens to all of them. I thought sure. it was fun. I want to know <laughs> the day they die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's the story. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come right back for the discussion. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank God. I know. <laughs> I could being on. Couldn't couldn't wait another second. <laughs> so, yeah. where to start? Well, oh, something something great. Yes, is that uh, this was uh, Amy Hackerling's directorial debut, mm-hmm. as you were saying. For those that are not Hackerling heads, heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to direct. Most notably Clueless, but mm-hmm. also uh, Look Who's Talking, yeah. if you're a Look Who's Talking head. Uh, which I am. Which you are. Have you seen it? I've, uh, oh, yeah. Is it, I love those movies the ba- as kids. <laughs> is it the, the kid? The Baby's Talk? Uh, I honestly barely remember. I think the, yeah, there's a, both movies open. Maybe there's even a third one. Who remembers? Uh, but there's, there's a lot of sperm. Of them. Oh, yeah. There's Look a Who's one. Talking 2 and Look Who's Talking mm-hmm. Now. Now. Is uh, Look Who's Talking to spelled T-O-O? Or, oh, yeah. Okay, T-O-O. great. Just checking. Just confirming. Uh, we've, I, yeah, I think like Bruce Willis voices one of the babies. There's always a sh- like an opening sequence of a bunch of sperms swimming to fertilize an egg. Perfect. And then, I mean, so all wow. movies should begin. <laughs> yeah, they should all begin that because way. Because that's how every story starts, you know, <laughs> ultimately. True. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. I yeah, I used to love those movies when I was a kid, but I could not tell you a single this thing about what they're about. My favorite new detail about you is that you've seen every Look Who's Talking uh-huh. movie. Yes. Um, so Clueless and Look Who's Talking and a National Lampoon movie. Right. Um, so she's like a, a legendary director. This was her her first feature that she directed. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah. We very rarely get to cover uh, movies that are directed by women at all, especially comedies. Especially so. comedies. Yeah. Yes. I 
was surprised, I guess not surprised, uh, because we live in a world where everything's horrible. Kim, but do we live in a society? Is that what you're trying to suggest? Society. I don't understand. Society. Unpack that. I, I suppose, would have maybe expected a movie directed by a woman to not fall into some of the trappings that we see happen in movies that are directed by men. Most notably, well, sure. the... Uh, male gaze dream sequence that Judge Reinhold has where he is masturbating to a topless Phoebe Cates. That was, yeah, that, that I, I, I want to spring to Amy Hackerling's defense a little bit mm-hmm. here by just, um, you know, she's 27 when she yeah. directed this movie. It was her first gig ever. I don't think she was really in a position to be push back pushing or... back a lot yeah and she like goes on i think to kind of course correct on stuff like that True. in movies like clueless yeah but yeah no I, I totally see what you mean um that scene is so weird okay so i it's the iconic masturbation scene i didn't realize that that scene was a fantasy mm. that doesn't happen in the because it was like when i when we meet linda's character i'm like she doesn't seem like she would just do that yeah because she doesn't right yeah. but it's the only scene that anyone like can recall top of head from this movie and it's so it, like I feel like it's one of those situations where I'm not gonna like phrase this correctly but like where the writing and the like cinematography it's like a little bit dissonant where mm-hmm. it's because it's like Linda's character isn't like that but then the visuals go way out of their way to give you this big nipple moment yeah um, that was just what movies were like you just yeah, did get to yeah. see everyone's boobs i, I guess i kind yeah. of feel like mo- i don't know and ultimately all the men are made fools of that is right. the thing. like that's the thing right. it's not like oh my god this like out of nowhere fantasy where he gets to fuck her it's like it's he's jacking so off in the bathroom she walks in on him and yeah. it's like oh right. my god and he's embarrassed yeah it's, so i kind of don't think it's like i don't know i think in context like in the context of the movie i don't have a problem with it it's, it's just like it, it is like one of those things where it's like oh, and that's the scene that like stands the test of time right. I think yeah, just because weird. that was for a lot of young boys who yeah. watched it they did jack off to that right. and yeah. therefore it <laughs> was what they remember but yeah it is weird running. that like I had never seen the movie but I knew that scene yeah. there's so many like better scenes <laughs> yeah, yeah that like that, actually happened right yeah. and then the fact that that fantasy which is like very clearly framed as like a dream fantasy sequence yeah. is juxtaposed against what's actually happening where she's like getting out of the pool in a very, very neutral n- non-sexy <laughs> yeah. way Cold. And she's like, she's oh, like there's water, water in, my- in my ears. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm like, okay, I, I appreciated that. So she's mm-hmm. not like her character by the Judge Reinhold character is like made like a sexy meal of by <laughs> just like his horny teen yeah. brain. And also yeah. they are the, the same age, which yeah. is good because she's a senior too. You know, it's not like his like little sister's like best freshman friend. It's oh, like right. they're both 17. Yeah, yeah. I it's I don't even know how to like I guess articulate exactly why it's like uh to me because it's like in the story it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But something about it is just I don't know. I mean just the choice to include it at all in the way that it is included, the way that it's framed. It's a very 80s decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also just like the way female nudity is treated in this movie is so oh, of its time of yeah. like you see a lot of female nudity and I mean you see 
you know, Sean Penn shirtless, <laughs> but it's not that like, I feel like that's just sort of starting to happen like now ish in like shows like Euphoria where it's like in shows about teen sexuality, you never see male nudity really mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And it's this like taboo thing still um, where like in this movie you see like both female lead characters almost fully nude yeah. one you see fully nude and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee and then you see Phoebe Kate's almost nude right and with the men it's like that's just not an expectation that people had mm-hmm. of this I was genre. actually thinking of euphoria while I was watching this and how <laughs> oh, really? well just in the sense where I was like there is like a fair amount of like boobs but like mm-hmm. euphoria is like if we're talking like worse, Euphoria has Euphoria's, dicks, 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 but dicks, 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 dicks. But also when they show boobs, it's like in a doggy style, like you know, whatever. Yeah. It's more gazy. Whereas this, I feel like, I don't know. Like, this is almost just like a result of the time. That's just like yeah. so. We'll have the part in the movie where we show the main character's boobs. Like I kind of feel like the Jennifer Jason Lee, like when her boobs are out, it's like barely sexual i don't know it's well it's, she's having well, sex she is but there's i don't know the way I, the, where I just i was thinking about this show that was made literally this year that is also right. supposed to be teens having sex I would, is like so sexual i guess what i like about euphoria because i don't like i mean there's i whatever the show's fine but like the at least it's like equal opportunity nudity yeah. where it's just like this is like 1982 like it also I feel like kind of speaks to like who they're making the movie for you know it's just like catering to male gaze male stuff gaze. and like the female gaze or the straight female gaze or, or whatever is like not really like you get Sean Penn's abs a couple times but other than that it's right like the yeah. women are way more sexualized is, is Sean Penn's character are we supposed to think he's like a hot guy? Ooh, I, I have that, that question. Too. I don't think so. Because here you see him, he's like the surfer dude, and he yeah. has like the hot babes at the beach. And I'm like, well, that's another. Yeah, that's another fantasy. Supposed of to him. believe that's like, that's like about his him. Fantasy. Yeah, I, I don't. Think I, I don't think so. Okay, um, that's yeah. a relief. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that's a question I have. I kind of. Do you think any of the guys in it are actually supposed to be like someone that we're supposed to think of as hunky? I don't know. I, because Brad is always just kind of like keeps being put in this position where he just keeps like kind of being a loser. Yeah. Um, and well, then at like, the beginning, I think he's supposed right. to be cool. And then it and immediately then it starts apart. going downhill. And then like Mike Damone is such a cartoonish sleazeball. Oh, God. Yeah. And then Mark Ratner is just such a like sweet like nerd. Yeah, I mean, I guess one thing I do like about this movie is, and and talking about how it feels realistic to being a teenager, is things like the fact that losing your cool job just completely Mm -hmm. ruins your (laughs) life and status. (laughs) Like, little tiny things just, like, ruin you. When in the beginning, he's going to break up with his girlfriend, he's like, I'm a successful guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, (laughs) he cooks the burgers at a fast food joint. But he's like, like, I have a job. Yeah. Um, going back to the sex scene, especially okay. So the the first one that we see between uh, Stacy and that twenty six year old guy. So okay, (laughs) Um, it is a statutory rape. She Mm -hmm. is underage. Uh, The movie excuses it by like him thinking that she is of age. He doesn't think that she's he, of age. But she, he like barely tries to find out. Do you and think and the movie excuses it? 
because at the end of the day, it's like he's clearly painted as like a bad dude, a bad you guy. Know? I don't who, know who does yeah. suspect that she is too young, right? Yeah, he keeps awful. asking. About I don't it. know that I would say it excuses him, but I don't know. The movie doesn't treat it like that's what that is. And then also another huge issue I have with this is that we're seeing we're seeing her nudity while the actor, while Jennifer Jason Lee was twenty at the time of filming or at least at the time of the release her character is supposed to be 15 yeah and i just i mean call me a puritan but i have a huge problem with showing nudity of characters who are who are supposed to be underage that's the i mean that's the same thing with euphoria though which i mean and i haven't seen that show you but know, I, every sexy teen show that's ever been yeah, yeah it's I, the same my, thing. my issue isn't with that as long as it's like adult actors like that's just kind of like the name of the high school I mean and it's like I do think that like teenagers it like can just like benefit from I don't know like seeing teen sex shows when I was a teenager like some of it fucked me up and others times it was helpful and good yeah. um, I don't I just don't think it needs to ever be like Characters who are supposed to be teenagers, we don't need to see them naked ever. But, I mean, I that's kinda fair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I, yeah. I don't know. It's fair, but then it, th- that's like, but then if we're kinda... talking about that with that movie, it's also the whole larger cultural movement where sexy teen shows and stuff are like yeah. one of the hugest genres. Right. <laughs> Reg- I don't know. Plus that scene world. definitely made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. yeah. Like this, that scene, I don't know. I, I, I do think the movie kind of gives them a pass. In general, I think that like, I don't know, cutting out like teen sex stuff in general just kind of like limits the kind of stories that you can tell. I mean, we can, it could telling. be implied that they have sex or it can be shot in such a way where it's clear that they're having sex. Sure. Maybe, but to show nudity, to show like what's supposed to be 15 year old breasts is like no thank that's no, yeah, I, I kind of think don't. that's not, I don't think we need that like most sexy teen shows are on the CW and they don't show actual yeah, yeah. right but I'm, I'm just bringing in the euphoria thing again it's like it, it is the same thing as this thing that is happening in 2019 mm-hmm. um, yeah. but even more so and I'm most most things over the years have not showed nudity and that has been fine like yeah. right. that's why we have 90210 and the OC <laughs> right, and like, right, those totally. are full of sex and not not a tit to be seen and that's <laughs> right. totally fine I feel like I'm like talking about whether or not the movie like dismisses it I feel like um and I don't know if it's just a result of me watching this when I'm older but I feel like there was this undercurrent of like the issue of not getting information about sex and sex ed mm-hmm. and like having parents around to like tell you anything and mm-hmm. she she purely relies on her friend who's full of shit yeah. to right. tell her what she should be doing and in terms of dating. And the friend is kind of the one who encourages it too yeah. and it's she's like, like she's yeah. wrong. Yeah right. it almost feels like she had that experience from like another yeah. older friend telling her this is what she should do mm-hmm. and I feel like it was that was an interesting and kind of real thing to me of like Oh, you just like don't know what's going on and you just trust someone who's cool to you or whatever. That's kind of, I think, the whole realism of it is I think that in this movie, it's like Stacy is 15. She's basically pressured by this friend who keeps going like, I was 13. What's the problem? You got to have sex. Mm -hmm. She's basically pressured by this friend into having these bad experiences, which like older men taking advantage of younger girls figuring stuff out is a Mm -hmm. tale as old as human. Kind, yeah, yeah, and that happens, but it doesn't like ruin her. And I think that's what's kind of like revolutionary about this movie at the time. Yeah. Like she has this 
experience the statutory rape experience she like has sex with this guy who's like a shithole and like he has like an abortion and then like mm-hmm. at the end of the day she, it's like and it, i know that it's kind of aggressive to not like you know that it does not acknowledge any psychological effects of those things mm-hmm. but also that it's not it doesn't judge her or anything yeah. Like at the end, she right. f- she's like, I don't care about sex. I want to have romance. Mm-hmm. And she gets with this guy. And now she has like a nice like 15 year old boyfriend and is like moving on. Mm-hmm. An age appropriate boyfriend named Rat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that there's like a lot of things with Stacey's character that is done in like a way that it feels grounded and right. It just like the statutory rape showing it is I'd feel like was not we didn't need it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. did not need to see it and and just the I don't know like for a movie that's made for teens I feel like you have to like at least make some effort to be a little explicit about like that was not Mm -hmm. okay because I feel like they they kind of skirt it but it's not and it's like also very possible that like Stacy didn't fully hadn't fully like processed it and there but it's just kind of like left there and then just you know what things, i kept thinking I when i was watching this because i knew it was like based on a book it really had the feeling to me of when you watch a movie that's based on a book that you've read and you're like they skipped the part how do you understand <laughs> like the first time i ever saw like a harry potter movie after reading the harry potter books where i was yeah. like this is too fast <laughs> or it almost felt like whenever they would like skip over like someone processing or having an emotional reaction i was like maybe it's in the book right <laughs> probably not but maybe i don't know feminist icon cameron crow we have to assume <laughs> he addressed it um, but yeah that that whole i mean story point in general is just like I don't even. I don't even know if it was like mishandled as much as it was just not handled yeah. Yeah. Right. at all. It was just kind of like left there, in a kind of weird way. Yeah, but I think that's because the only people she has to talk to are like other teens who don't know yeah. that it's like a bad thing. Like that we never happened. even see the parents. You never, never see them. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I like. I always like no parent movies. Yeah. Um, I feel like the nineties is when parents started being characters and stuff talking about those like teen shows again the parents started being hot and also becoming characters <laughs> with their own drama yeah like 90s early 2000s i feel like that started becoming a thing uh, horny parents yeah I <laughs> always having affairs with other parents <laughs> um yeah and then i mean i i okay can we talk about that the friendship between linda and stacy we've like sort of started yeah, to yeah. already uh-huh. but i don't know i i think it like again it's like one of those very realistic friendships that will happen in high school where you're it's like two year age gap mm-hmm. feels like a million years and like I'm, I was thinking about this girl in high school I knew named Carissa that I would have like died for her and yeah. I thought she was <laughs> fucking genius and she was the queen of sex and I would have done and I would have done anything she told me to I made my dad like drive me to a bright eyes concert <laughs> and then drive around the block for three hours while I went to the bright eyes concert so oh. Carissa would see me there and think I was cool <laughs> I like would have done anything and so I'm like oh this is very much like you know a girl two years older than you that who you would just do like anything for Mm -hmm. and I mean I think my main and I and I like that even though Linda like and I don't think if I was a teenager watching this movie I don't think I would have realized that she's full of shit I think I probably would have just thought she was cool this was also the first time I put together that she was older 
Oh, okay. I don't think when I was younger and watching it, I realized that. Okay. I don't know if yeah. I even realized that until you said it today. I guess, yeah. well, because she guess talks about uh, when she gets that letter and it's like, he says he's not coming to my graduation. Right. Oh, yeah. And then in the end thing, it's like, she's at Ridgemont College now living with her, like, her psych prof- professor. professor. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh no. Uh, but I mean, I, I like that their, like, friendship is... I mean, it's based, a lot of it's based on misinformation. Yeah. yeah. But like, good things about it are they're like supportive of each other sure. in their weird sex endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like when Linda like super jumps to her defense. Yeah. Uh, when she's going through the abortion thing, it's, it's not anything uh-huh. where anyone passes judgment on her, including her brother, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. That's like, I feel like that's a huge yeah, moment in totally. this movie. Yeah, that's worth just a whole other conversation uh, that we can get to. Yeah. But- but um, but in yeah. general, like they they have a uh, friendship that's based on misinformation <laughs> and like maybe like some failures of parenting and their job together and their job the and Perry's yeah. pizza. Um, <laughs> I think my main thing was like I like their friendship. I just like wish that they like we knew stuff about them that wasn't just like all boys relationships. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also do like and in <laughs> well. I have mixed feelings about this because part of it's pretty problematic, but um, Linda has a pretty just kind of casual cavalier attitude about sex where she's just like, hey, it's no big deal, like whatever. And like, I I like to see that attitude uh, on the screen, not to say that everyone needs to have that, but we usually see like girls being like, sex is sacred <laughs> and beautiful and I can only have it with the, my uh, husband who I may right. like, and like male characters get to be promiscuous right. without consequence yeah. exactly so to see a girl and uh, we talked about this I think a little bit on a, a bonus episode on American Pie oh, but yeah. the um, Natasha Leon character has a pretty similar just like casual like sex is whatever it's no big deal again just something I appreciate seeing now when Linda <laughs> part of her uh, attitude is that yeah 15 year old friend of mine go have sex with this 26 year old man my theory is linda's a virgin i think linda's a virgin (laughs) and she's absolutely full of shit i mean they're all lying like yeah, when like thing. even Stacey's the only one telling the truth no she's not because they're... after that mic thing uh when Linda's oh, like yeah. how long did it last and she's like 15 to 20 minutes and then she's like yeah my boyfriend lasts like 20, 20 to 30 and she's like, like I thought you said 30 to 40 oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, Linda's yeah. a virgin oh, yeah. but yeah. then also like Brad right in the beginning when he's talking to the other person at work and he's like yeah and she's great in the sack and then like he turns to her to talk and she's like I don't want to have sex with you right. <laughs> yeah yeah Everyone is, yeah, I think that Linda probably is a virgin. I got very strong Mina Suvari in American Beauty vibes. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, And, and, you know, fuck that movie. But, like, like that character is all like, yeah, I'm so sexually experienced. And then we find out that she is, in fact, a virgin. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) It was weird at the beginning of that movie. It's not about, like if it's right for her to have sex with the older guy, it's about how do we get him to agree to this? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. all you gotta do is tell him you're 19. Right. That's the believable age because it's not 18. Right. <laughs> He'll right. totally believe you. Which it's like, I never did that, 
but I like I never actually got to the point of having sex with someone because that would have been like scary. But I certainly like if a man was flirting with me at Starbucks and was like, where do you go to college? I'm 14. I'm like, I'm 19. I go to SMC. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which it's not right. like I'm actually going to entrap the like I'm not going to have sex right. with them. But it's like you're safe. That's yeah. a thing. I don't yeah, know. Even it if just... it's not about trying to have sex, you do just want to appear older. Yeah. There yeah. is yeah. just a thing of it's like, OK. I'm gonna go with this. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with this. I, I would go on like message boards yeah. and oh. pretend to be older and just <laughs> talk to someone same. for 15 minutes and then get scared and delete the account. It is a relatable experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take a, another quick break and we'll come right back. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating Pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here we we are back. Here we are again. Oh my gosh. Um, 
Should we talk about the uh, the abortion that yes takes place? We shall. Emily was saying this earlier. I was like very impressed with how this movie handled it, especially Same. for like the '80s where. Like they're like John Hughes wouldn't have handled it this well. Like they're <laughs> John Hughes doesn't who like handles nothing well, kind right. of. Um, I thought it was like sometimes in this movie I find it frustrating that they just present stuff and mm-hmm. sort of have no comment on it. Right. But for this like story point, I thought it was like really cool. Where like you know she has Stacy has sex with Mike. She gets pregnant. She goes. She barely has sex with yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that's, that, God, that scene is so upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, she, Mike's inside her for two seconds. Yeah. And, but he's very fertile. Which is another and beautiful, humiliating moment for a man or yes. for a boy in that yeah. movie. Yes. All he, of them get humiliated. Yeah. yeah. Like, he presents himself like Truly. such a cool guy. And yeah. he comes immediately. It's so funny. And you're like, oh, he's a ticket scalper. Um, <laughs> oh, he's a huge loser. Uh, but she, like, I liked how that scene played out where. It starts by making a fool of Mike because he's like flirting with a girl who doesn't seem to be interested in him. And Stacy goes up to him and is like, I need to talk to you. And he's like, no, no. I'm about to beg this big. And <laughs> she, she tells him that she's pregnant. He immediately gets angry and blames her yeah. and says it was her idea. And she shuts it down right away. She's like, no. And then she, he also says, how do you know it's mine? Implying like, oh, you're probably like sleeping around with a bunch of different guys. Might not be mine. Right. She's like, it's definitely yours. Also, don't say it was my idea. Right. And uh, he, he does take it back. He also but that sounds does not like redeem he's him. just parroting something someone told him you're supposed to say in these situations. That's, the older Everyone ones is, just yeah seem like they got some bad advice from someone else yeah. older and then they're giving this awful yeah. advice to these legacy. younger people. <laughs> And then, and then she like he is like, oh well. There, it seems like he's sort of like telling her what an abortion is, and she's yeah. like, no, I know what one is, and yeah. I'm going she to get She already has it planned out. Yeah, yeah like, I, and then she's like, and I want you to pay for half. I was like, that was all pretty yeah. good, yeah. great. <laughs> and then, and then she has the abortion. We see her right afterwards. She seems. And then, like, Emily, you kind of brought this up, but she seems, like, physically and emotionally fine. Because I think a lot of media would have you believe that, like, I mean, an abortion, depending on who's getting it, can be a very difficult physically and emotionally taxing thing but it seems like for Stacy she bounced right back from it it didn't like emotionally ruin her she's not like she just filled back with a paycheck. regret and regret and remorse exactly yeah she's and then when her brother realizes what is happening and he picks her up from the clinic he doesn't judge her he doesn't slut shame her he doesn't uh, tattle like on her the biggest right. sin of all and then he's like oh are you hungry let's go get some food like he yeah. just he treats her with respect it's like very sweet because it's yeah. like he drops her off then like in his rear view mirror sees her run across the street from the bowling alley yeah. so he's mm-hmm. just waiting outside the whole time which is right. and then right. she yeah. could just it comes was... down and because like no one's there to pick her up right and then she's just like brad yeah oh right. don't tell mom and dad yeah. and then he's, he's like, like no okay. i won't well the yeah. other thing that's weird about that is like um it's sort of implied that mike he tries to get the money. Yeah. He's and like, couldn't. And he couldn't. And that's why he didn't come. Uh-huh. Like, he would right. have given her a ride, if he, but he couldn't get the money or something. Right. Which is like, which I don't know why they went. I mean, like, maybe that's another, like, very specific true thing that Cameron Crowe heard about at yeah. this. Because yeah. right. I was just like, I didn't know. Because I was like, why include 
that but maybe that's yeah. just i don't know yeah but like yeah. I, he uh, mike owes stacy an apology and 75 dollars and 75 dollars yeah and we Mo- never 75 dollars most of all yeah. First, yeah save the apology i will take the 75 dollars first but what i also like about this storyline is that when rat finds out that mike and stacy had sex he gets mad at Mike rather than Stacy. Yeah. He's yes. like, yeah. And then Rat still likes Stacy and yeah. like wants to reconnect with her. He doesn't act like she's like, you know, tainted or anything like that after right. having yeah, had sex with his friend. I think that's the biggest thing. Having... It's like nothing is like, oh, she's ruined. Right. right. Yeah. That's, I yeah. think, like. Because a lot yeah. of guys, especially in 1982, yeah. would have that totally. mentality. Yeah, and but, a lot of like or even a moment of like that slut and then maybe he comes back around he never has that moment right no he's I, like how could you do this to me you are my friend i like to rat. Mike. yeah i yeah. like rat rat's okay I mean, in my book rat's a, and and it's rat's like, a good boy he's a good boy and like he's a he, classic movie end up with this guy at the end of the movie good boy but unlike most of the 80s guys he doesn't super suck like because I feel like most 80s nerd characters there's been like a bajillion things written about how like in like the like proto incel entitled to women he doesn't feel entitled he's just shy around her because he likes her and and then at the end when she like gives him that picture of her (laughs) oh my god that picture is really cute (laughs) I I liked and I also liked seeing that like moment where I feel like you don't see in teen movies a lot where like a moment during sex where the boy Boy gets uncomfortable mm-hmm, and nervous for and sure. like you don't really and like that's important to see too because that like definitely happens in yeah. real life mm-hmm. and you just don't really they're like men are supposed to be sexually aggressive and like they never want to not right. have sex right. and I feel like in that scene where she's trying to have sex with him it's so obvious that that's just what she thinks she's supposed to be doing yes. right. and she had sex once so she thinks that this is who she is now right is this like vixen like <laughs> right. just sexual she's so bad at it and it's so teeth. right it's like clearly that's not who she is he gets uncomfortable but they're clearly both like well because they both want to date but they've been told that dating is something different by the way there's another thing mike is a fascinating character to me because he's almost like a good friend like he he brings him his wallet at the dinner he like tries to help him out but he just ultimately (laughs) even when he does that it's like a failure like he couldn't do it subtly at all right right he like totally he gives him bad advice (laughs) yeah he's just oh i have a list of the okay so he gives he says here's five dating tips uh, that he gives to rat and i've uh broken down each one uh the first is never let on how much you like a girl which uh, means like be emotionally withholding (laughs) yes not okay the second one is you always call the shots which is like be domineering i guess and then the example he gives is kiss me you won't regret it so it's like (laughs) coercion um third one is act like wherever you are that's the place to be so it's like okay emotionally manipulate the woman uh the fourth one is find out what she wants and order it for the both of you it's a classy move which is what cal hawkley does in titanic i read that down too (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you know take away her agency and autonomy and then the fifth one is just kind of stupid when it comes down to making out put on side one of led zeppelin five and it's like okay well i think um, it's very it's the same thing that's happening on the other side also what's funny is that immediately we see that everybody hates mike 
Yeah. Like, even in the end when, like, um, Rat is confronting him, he's like, whenever anybody talks shit about you, I try to stand up for you. Yeah. yeah. And, like, when he's, like, always, he's always, like, with different popular guys being like, yeah, this guy's my buddy. Like, whatever. And then the guy's just like, fuck off. Right. And it's clear that none of these tips work because everybody hates him. Right. I forget. What is Mike's, like thing that happens to him at the like oh what do they he say? works at like Rite Aid or 7-Eleven. something okay. 7-Eleven yeah. cool, cool, oh cool. he got busted for scalping yeah. and now uh, works at 7-Eleven okay cool 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 he's, yeah and he's on the straight and narrow now <laughs> <laughs> I mean and you are kind of presented with these like two parallel like like Stacy and Rat are both like the younger like yeah. being mentored and then you have the senior mentors but yeah like Mike is like bullshitting just as much as oh yeah um, as Linda is but on top of that has like this like projected fake machismo mm-hmm. that makes him infinitely worse yeah 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 by the way this is a total side note did you guys look up by any chance what the the actor who played rat did later no i he, did but i didn't recognize he, anything. He, well he he wrote a couple of um for dummies books <laughs> oh so not <laughs> what not sorry not Which the actor ones? not the actor who plays rat but the Per, the real life person that Rat's oh, character person. was me, based on, yeah. yeah, yeah, is like a tech genius, <laughs> yes. and like oh. wrote a bunch of like computers for dummies. Yes, for thank d- you. Oh. I, I knew I remembered something <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is uh, I forget his name. Hang yeah, on, let not me, the let actor. Me find the it. actor who knows what he did. He won a Tony in oh, nineteen eighty. Go. Good for him. Uh-huh. For him. Oh. He was also how to win a Tony for dummies. Five. He was twenty five in that movie. That's what he looked like when he was twenty five years old. Yeah. 12 when he was wow. 25 years good for him. I remember when I got older and I realized that like all the people in teen things are, are 36 teen. years like, yeah. oh okay why I, don't I look like that I'm still kind of jarred sometimes when it's like I have like a 14 year old cousin and I'm like oh yeah that's what a 14 right. year old yeah. yes. looks like it's on Riverdale they're supposed to be sophomores it's absurd <laughs> they're like 28 years old it's like obviously this is what we have to do we can't actually have teens in right, situations right no one wants to see that they only uh, do that on Degrassi. Be, mm. Rat, uh, he, he was based on Andy Rathbone, who I don't know who that is, but apparently he's rich and famous and is a computer yeah. genius. Good for him. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's just like such a wonderful end for like a high school nerd. Right? Yeah, I yeah. went on to be a tech genius. <laughs> wow. Um, I have just a, a quick list of. So, you know, this movie comes out, it's like a, you know, a 1980s teen sex comedy, basically. So, you know, if you are comparing it to things, it's contemporaries, things like... also, like, it is, it has funny parts, but it's more of a drama. Kind of not really a comedy, right? Like, was it? It has funny characters. Right, and some good lines, but it's like, I would say more like a dramatic slice of life, kind of. It's tonally pretty light, but also, I mean, yeah, there's some heavy stuff in it, like an abortion, things like that, but it's it's contemporaries or things like, you know, again, Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds, which are super, super problematic. Yeah, Yeah, I've never seen either of them. Oh, they're wretched, so it's, it's less problematic than those but there are still some like 1980s problematic things that happen I just have a quick list of them uh like there's an opening shot of like the kids in high school uh and one of the kids puts like a little sign on the back of another student that says like I am a homo uh you know that doesn't get 
commented on or anything like that. There's another moment where Spicoli is having his like dream sequence about being a surf champ and he uses a homophobic slur. There's uh, there's also some just kind of like other male gaze shots where uh, there's that upcoming football game at the rival school and we like some of the girls are wearing shirts that say like kill Lincoln on it uh, to promote school spirit right. but like these are like so, that's very like headless women of Hollywood like male gaze shots of like their chest and their butts yeah um, and then I forgot about kill Lincoln <laughs> assassinate <laughs> Lincoln that's one of the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. that, that's like that's a good pretty, joke yeah, I, I would yeah. say that's one of the Big best high school rivalry energy yeah. sure. also I I do think it's always funny in 80s movies where I feel like that was before the cheerleader is a popular thing got popular. Oh. And so every time in 80s movies when there's like cheerleaders, they're fucking nerds. Oh, really? Because the, the school spirit like was not cool to have. It was uh, cool to not okay. care. Yeah. So the cheerleaders weren't like the popular girl trove, which they have there. And those girls are just like the spirit squad they and care like, too much it takes a lot of vulnerability <laughs> to get up here and do something that you know you're gonna be made fun of for. so funny yeah. here's another thing that was like what is what is is this like an 80 thing or what but mr hand passes out like his syllabus to the class and then everyone lifts up their paper and yeah. sniffs it i don't know what that was what was that i don't i, <laughs> I don't know what that was. i literally I thought his name was too. mr ham so i can't speak to <laughs> it, it smells like ham i was like I, yeah i have no idea paper. about that one mm-hmm. talking about the school spirit thing though i wanted to talk about Charles Jefferson, that is the Forrest Whitaker character. Yes. Um, He and his brother are the only two characters who are people of color uh, who have really any significant screen time at all. And even then, it's quite low. Yeah, he's barely in it. Barely in it. And really, all we know about Charles is that uh, an alumni gave him a nice car for playing football, and he's very protective of this car. We know that he wants to take his brother to the Earth, Wind, and Fire concert. But aside from that, we don't know anything about his personal life. He's not given any sort of characterization, really. Everything that we know about him comes from someone else's perspective. And then in most scenes you see him in, he's framed as being this, like, very aggro, intimidating person. Uh, So just to characterize, like, the only characters of color in this way was a very just, like regressive 80s approach and again it seems like this is like someone that Cameron Crowe like observed in and then just proceeded to not write anything for the character which is like there's kind of like not really much of an excuse to not do that when he is not writing it from life anymore he's Mm -hmm. like basing it on experiences and then adding fiction so it's like yeah then like let us know more than one thing about that character and don't like ground it in these like broad stereotypes yeah for sure Cameron I mean but I mean we all know and then he makes Aloha so (laughs) right he's not really good Uh with this yeah but it was a it was a delight to see a young Forrest Whitaker Forrest Whitaker is one of those actors I'm like he was born at 45 yeah (laughs) like it's so wild to see him I do think one of the best scenes in the movie is um when Sean Penn and the brother are driving yeah his car I do think that's one of them that's one of the most like comedy scenes yeah. the movie. yeah because i mean it's good like the way he keeps narrowly avoiding like getting in a crash and then it's just like <laughs> there i mean sean penn is making some 
choices. You sure? He's so movie. blonde. I just he's, kept he, noticing how blonde he was. Bizarre. And there, have we, I don't know if we've have we ever covered a movie that Sean Penn is in before. Honestly, we might not have. Uh, well, for for the, I, I would feel weird not mentioning that he has. A horrible track record with, for everything. He's hit a lot of ladies. Yes. He is uh, not a good person. Yes, no. bad right? man. And like during this time specifically too, is like I think around the time that he's dating Madonna and there's just- How old can, was he in this? He was in his early 20s, which is weird. Cause is that when he not, was dating Madonna? Uh, he was dating her in the 80s. Oh, okay. So this might have been slightly before, but it was yeah. like, there's a lot of stuff, but there were times where certain people wouldn't report him physically mm. abusing them because he was already- almost in jail for hitting other people and just like oh. there was this whole like culture of we have to protect Sean Penn where it's like no we don't he's it also feel strange watching him play a character that's like very chill yeah, yeah it's You're like very full because no. he's that, that's uh, not decidedly not chill also I read that he he's famously going method for this role and he refuses to go out of character at any point on set oh, he yeah. makes people call him Spicoli oh. he only oh. he's oh. I mean it. not worth it but do. as far as method characters go. I mean, right. this is the better. one I would prefer to be around. Yeah, maybe he should have just stayed there. Whereas, like, yeah. people just go method yeah. for, like, fucking sociopaths. Ugh. And it's like, no, you can't do this. Then you're just being a sociopath. Right. Uh, and this one, it's like, just yeah, it's let like, him at least he's be, being, like, chilled <laughs> out. Yeah. We said it before, we said it again. Uh, women rarely go method because they would be fired. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. I know, I'm like most, I feel like when I think Sean Penn, I think, like, fucking mystic river like mm-hmm. into like where's yeah. my daughter like yeah. that's a yes. oh i'm just this like, is not a classic like oh yeah of course sean penn it's an yeah, outlier it feels yeah. strange like. that that's very his character. weird yeah anyways he's a bad man yes mm-hmm. yeah. yes indeed does anyone have any other thoughts um aside from him being a bad man i do <laughs> kind of like how it wraps up with him and mr hand at the end what a goofy scene. Yeah, because oh they've been God. like adversaries the whole right. time. Yeah. And then it's so weird, but it's like. I was, he like comes to his house. He comes to his house, house prom, so... prom night. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't let him leave for prom because he wants to tutor him. And then he tutors him and then Spicoli is just like, okay, yeah, the war happened. Okay, I'm going to the dance. It's yeah. so weird. It's so weird, but yeah. I feel like everyone gets kind of a nice little wrap up. Sure. Yeah. It was nice, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, like. We we know that Linda goes to college. There's kind of like a slight joke at her expense made about like she and then she started like hooking up with her professor, mm-hmm. um, which again that like sort of like contradicted what I had in my head of like she was not telling the truth about having sex, and I'm like oh maybe she did. I kind of don't boyfriend. think she's a virgin. I think she real. has had sex. It has consistently been with like. You know this thing where it's like guys who just don't really care about her yeah, she are thinks older it's a and are using deal. yeah like this guy probably said something offhand and she's like he's my fiance in Chicago <laughs> and he's not he has no intention of you know yeah and so the I feel like the professor would follow in that oh sure yeah like I don't think her s- anything she was doing was like a full fabrication it was just like based in something much smaller yeah you know sure mm-hmm. blowing it all out of proportion kind yeah. of thing yeah sure. Um, Which is like all any character in this movie does. Yeah. Which is all teenagers yeah, too, yeah. I guess. Teen yes. experience. Yeah. I do like that um, the Judge Reinhold character, Brad, is like gearing up to break up with his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, and he's, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. it's because I want my freedom and da-da-da. And then 
she breaks up with him first and uses the exact same reason for it. She's yeah. like, I'm a, you know. A- right. And I like that it's like as soon as he gets fired, he doesn't want to break up with her anymore because yeah. now he's like low. He needs to have yeah, something. Right. And he's like, I'm so glad I have you. And she's like, yeah, actually, I actually have something. To I want to know you. what ended up happening with her. I know. Yeah. Right. Why don't we find out what happened to Lisa? <laughs> but- and she like, like literally, yeah, she just like tells him she doesn't want to have sex with him when he's declaring himself king of the world for having a burger flipping job. Like, it's all very satisfying. Yeah. What happened to Lisa? Cameron? Justice for Lisa. Cameron? Uh, I think that's all I really had. Yeah, this movie, I don't know. I was, like, pleasantly surprised by it. It's better than most 80s teen comedies we've covered on this show, which is saying something. True. I mean, Back to the Future I still stand for, uh, and yet we did give it zero nipples uh, on the bonus episode we did of it. Yeah, I think it's just a very, like, of the time, but also in some respects pretty progressive for the time, especially, like, the way it handles abortion. I mean, the fact that it even features an abortion at all, I mean... In a non-judgmental way, like... Even still, we can count on one hand the number of, like, mainstream movies that even mention abortion, let alone, like, have it and treat it in a way... better than Obvious Child, (laughs) (laughs) which I do think is true, because she ends up dating the guy that she got an abortion from. Oh, sure. Anyways. Well, I... Yeah. So I think that, yeah, the fact that we even get that at all is is very progressive for its time. But then there's just the whole, like, there being a statutory rape and it not being framed that way by the movie. And, like, the teen nudity that I don't think is necessary at all. Uh, Yeah, so it's it's a little bit all over the place. But um, I was pleasantly surprised uh, that it's, you know not as bad as some of its contemporaries in terms of like toxic 80s mentality yeah so it doesn't pass the Bechdel test we don't think there's don't like think I think no. maybe some yeah. two line exchanges it almost like there's but... one where they're in the cafeteria and they're like there's four girls who are dressed exactly like Pat Benatar this year <laughs> oh, but right. then, oh which right. almost is but then it turns into her being like do you think that guys think they're hot right, right away mm-hmm. yeah but that is almost it's like, close. did there you see that girl she looks just like Pat Benatar and she's like yeah there's four <laughs> I, I tried to pay attention to like um if the guys had any because I was like I feel like right. this, I noticed this, is... this too they don't have very many conversations that aren't about girls yeah, yeah. but they do there are mm, a couple yeah. like mm. I feel like because I was like okay the reason why this movie I think doesn't pass the Bechdel test is because it is about sex it's about it's like, like about sex, sex hetero and dating yeah. and like yeah. so it just that's what it ends up being so I was like I wonder if it, if the boys talk about anything else and they like kind of do I, yeah. I think Sean if Penn we flipped and the, it and the brother of uh, Fort Whitaker's character like talk about the car yeah, and yeah. About history like <laughs> right. yeah. you know boy stuff yeah <laughs> well even like the, yeah, yeah. the like the title cards at the end that like like here's what everyone's up to the girls information that we're given is mostly about their relationships with boys versus the boys that we get information about the boys or the men it's like all about their jobs right which is that same thing from the royal tenenbaums yeah i thought that too they, yeah mm. only introduce oh. uh, the Margo. women in relation Linda to men. is the only one going to college though that's true they do I'm <laughs> she's like, the only one who made it to college she gets a <laughs> sentence she gets a <laughs> sentence um but yeah it doesn't it does it does not uh pass the Bechdel test we're 
pretty sure. Right. Uh, I honestly, it, might, it might pass a little bit. But yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, just because. Yeah, it's like almost, and then those exchanges kind of turn. Yeah, into, the the context yeah. of almost every conversation is about like boys. Yeah. Boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of my. Or least- there's even you know like one line like Stacy being like, "I cannot do another summer." Oh yeah, Stacy says like, like she says something like, um, "Oh, I, I can't keep working here, or else I'm gonna get so fat that no one will want to take me out." And yeah. it's like, oh, like oh, I was oh. even thinking near the end where she's oh, just she- like, "I can't spend another yeah. summer at Perry's." Yeah, like that, but I think there's maybe a few small like two line exchanges yeah. by our very low bar would pass, but the context of almost every scene, conversation, storyline is like hetero romance and sex. Yeah, so. checking in with what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you have it. Uh, let's rate the movie on our nipple scale, <laughs> zero to five nipples based on its representation of women. <laughs> This one, oh god, it's a really such a mixed bag for me because, yeah. like, on one hand, like I really like how the abortion thing is handled, but I would give this like a two, I think. Yeah, because it's still you know harboring a lot of like nineteen eighties stuff. I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you talk about a movie that's about like romance and sex. Yes, a lot of it's going to be about like what the female characters what we know about them is what boys they like how much they like them it's you know it's very geared toward like their interest in boys just by the nature of that kind of storytelling but i don't know they still could have been characterized a bit more we could still like know what their favorite subjects in school are (laughs) maybe what they want to do when they graduate what are their fantasies we don't get to see any only get to see boys fantasies. fantasies yeah yes and then just the encouragement of like, yes, uh, you're 15 years old, but you should have sex with this 26-year-old guy. Hate it. Um, so, yeah, I'll stick with a two. Uh, I'll give one nipple to <laughs> Stacy and one to Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. Wow. We do see she tucks, Hot reference, Kaylin. She tucks Timely. her into bed oh, right before her, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, her date. But you do see, you hear a parent, and you see their hands. You see your face. You see your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, "Good night, mom." And then she sneaks out the window. Is at an all-time high. Yes. Um, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna probably be too hard, but like for listener context, because I just gave Little Women a three and a half. I feel like I cannot give this a two. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna give it a. I think I'm gonna give it a one and a half. It does a lot of things that I wasn't expecting it to do at all. Do really well. Like I can't think of a. I think a more like straightforward, effective, non-judgmental abortion plotline in another teen movie mm-hmm. off the top of my head at all. Like I thought that was like great. Um, and then yeah, just I mean, kind of echoing what you said of stuff that, and just like basic writing stuff of just like there were very easy non like stuff that wouldn't even change the story ways of just like fleshing out the female characters uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more that either Cameron Crowe was not able to do or like what whatever I mean it doesn't seem like he has a very uh coherent understanding of women based on his work right um so in this in this instance he simply did not try Um, (laughs) uh, same thing with like people of color just like no attempt to characterize them at all which is or include them hardly at all which is like the Sophia Coppola school of writing non-white characters which Mm -hmm. is just 
I don't know. So I won't. <laughs> so I won't. You're just like, that can't, that can't be it. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like uh, Amy Heckerling, this being like her directorial debut is like awesome. Mm-hmm. And I like all the performance, like all the, all the performances are great. I like that you sort of see humiliating side to male sexuality in like teens. I like, I like the way that rats like masculinity is written and shown. Uh, And I just, it's nice to see like teenagers that sort of sound like teenagers and are making the mistakes that teenagers would make in a lot of cases. The more I think about it, the more that like American Pie rips off so much from this movie. The Jason Biggs character is basically rat Oh, but horrible. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, that movie I think is far worse it's and far chaos. more toxic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I'll do one and a half. I like genuinely enjoyed most of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my nippies to Phoebe Cates mm-hmm. because she's one of my favorite musicians' mom. Oh, Frankie wait, Cosmos. Oh, um, is the child of Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates. Oh. I didn't know that fact. she and Kevin Klein. They've been married for 30 Linked years, up. baby. 30 wow. years strong. You learned something A new. A success story. <laughs> <laughs> Great. How about y'all? Um, okay. I mean, I guess I'm going to go a little high. I want to give it three. Mm-hmm. I'm taking context into account a little bit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thinking, like, between this movie, because it's 81, and, like, book smart, 40 years. Mm-hmm. That is 40 years yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. And that this one, it has, like... The protagonist in this teen sex comedy is a girl mm-hmm. who is like figuring out sex and stuff. And it, I feel like it treats her as like valid and mm-hmm. like as opposed to just, I feel like it kind of does like subvert a lot of those 80s tropes. Whereas the protagonist would in another movie would have been rat. Sure, or sure. would have been Brad or like something like that mm. and I kind of think like at the time like if you were a teenager in 81 this movie would have been monumental huge, like the, yeah. seeing this movie compared to most of those movies at the time if you were like a teenage yeah. girl in 1981 I think that would have been huge any like dignified representation <laughs> yeah. probably would have been huge yeah. and I yeah. think like a lot of the I don't know a lot of the negative stuff in it it doesn't deal with it enough, but it's mm-hmm. not untrue. Like just because it sucks and it is a, it like is an unpleasant fact of like life doesn't mean it doesn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. So I kind of like that it like presents that and in a way that isn't like earth shattering. Sure, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give one to um, Rat because he's a nice boy. <laughs> um, I'll give one to the cardigans in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, they're really good cardigans. And um, one to Phoebe Kate's hair because um, it's doing great work. It's oh. really, yeah. It's quite a How mop. many aerosol cans went into? Um, okay. You know, it's interesting when we talk about, like, okay, representation of women versus teen girls you know Mm, what I mean sure and so it's like obviously teen girls are complex human beings but they're it's different you know what I mean so it's like a lot of the moments where I feel like we're maybe missing some greater like emotional arc or something I think it's maybe not a great excuse just being like oh well they're just teens so Mm -hmm. they didn't really think about it Um, I think we've seen a lot of things about teens where we get much deeper than that. Uh Um, But I think two seems fair. 
I also enjoyed watching this movie. I think it has a lot of very fun characters. Mm -hmm. And that's always my favorite thing in like 80s, like teen, like any kind of like high school movie Mm -hmm. is really good characters. Like, I mean, obviously we have our issues with Spicoli, but he's a very fun character. Um, Yeah, the issue, not with Spicoli. Spicoli is fine. Spicoli as an entity is fine, but unfortunately is casting. Okay, I will give a nipple to, I feel like nobody has given one to Brad. Julie, oh. give Brad a nipple. What, is, what a nice guy. Yeah, Brad's he's good struggling. overall. He really is. He's sweet to his younger sister. I feel like a lot of the time you see siblings in high school together and the older one is like, don't talk to me. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. And I He's like, a hard worker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he said at the beginning. <laughs> he's successful. He's I'm, a, he's, I'm a successful guy. <laughs> uh-huh. I also like that, well, I guess he was going to break up with his girlfriend and give her her freedom to explore but then I guess he actually wasn't going to so never mind on that um and then I would give the other one to uh Linda because I just like that character I like Linda a lot I think she's just such a another fantastic like that is such a true like high school girl the girl who feels like she has to act more mature than she is Mm -hmm. yeah and then spray paints got yeah. the guy's car. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I really like how immediately she was just like, he's not a human, he's a little prick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh God, when he just covers it with yeah. cardboard. <laughs> like, what are people going to think? Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for so much Thanks for being for having here. Having us. Where can people follow you individually and then as a podcast? Tell us everything. Okay. Um, I am at M-L-E, like the letters, um, Faye, F-A-Y-E, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Paige Weldon on Instagram and Twitter. Yay. And you can follow our podcast, too. It's called Mall Talk. It's on the Forever Dog Network. It's about the mall, if you can imagine. Yeah. Um, we talk about the mall. We talk about it every week. Every we love single the mall. damn week. So, you know, if that seems fun. At Mall Talk Pod. Yeah. Mall Talk on iTunes and everywhere. Yay. Yep. You know what to do. You found this podcast, so. Yeah. You know how to find a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You're cool. We're all adults here. <laughs> but if you don't, you can find us at. Oh, oh wow. perfect transition. Yeah. I know. Thank you so much. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, I hardly ever use Facebook, so don't message us there. Yeah, we will not uh, get back to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we're at Bechtelcast. Uh, you can join our Patreon, aka Matreon. It's $5 a month, uh, two bonus episodes, plus our entire back catalog and that's over 50 episodes so many yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh and it's at uh patreon.com slash bechtelcast uh you can get our um you can get our merch at tpublic.com slash the bechtelcast um and yeah thank you for listening is there like a line from this movie that people quote happy pride from tomboy x celebrating pride and the queer community all year Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.